to the Bible Vault, where we unpack the jewels of God's Word. I'm Jason. And I'm Katrina. And today, we are going to look at some interesting facts about the Bible. So, we're continuing our series, Understanding Christian Concepts. And today, we're only actually going to have one episode. So, we already discussed Christianity and its reliability and depth in previous episodes. But now we're going to look into how we can trust the source document itself. That's right. And the first fact that we want to look into here actually involves Jesus' existence in connection with the Bible. So as we mentioned in the Proving Christianity episodes, we have archaeological evidence that Jesus from Nazareth lived. He called himself the Christ and was crucified in Jerusalem under orders from Pontius Pilate. Furthermore, we have evidence that an eclipse happened on the day that Christ was crucified, which corroborates the biblical story that the sky turned dark while Jesus was on the cross. As for his life and his connection to the Old Testament, according to Max Lucado, Jesus fulfilled 332 distinct prophecies from the Old Testament. And he actually mentioned the odds of one person doing that in a single life, and, that, and the number he provided for that was 1 over 84 followed by 97 zeros, which is just an incredible number for me to try to wrap my head around. Yeah, that's amazing. I honestly don't even think I can wrap my head around that. You know, I've seen those simulations where, where they'll show the difference between a million and a billion, and even that blows my mind already. But this is insanely small. It's an it's a teeny tiny percentage. So the fact that Jesus fulfilled all of those prophecies is a huge deal. Right. And then as for the historicity of the Bible, which is the next point that I want to touch on, or how accurate the Bible is historically, the Smithsonian, I believe, still holds the Bible as historically accurate. For any inconsistencies with what we've seen in historical records, the belief of the Smithsonian is that there was either an issue in translation or an, er or an error on the part of the writer, or that we simply don't know enough and that the Bible may indeed be correct. It's And we're going to include the uh, link for that in the show notes. But the Bible is one of the premier documents and maps for archaeology in the Near East. And the writings of the Bible have led to discoveries that have shaped how we understand the history of the area and, has and have confirmed the stories of the Bible as well. Right. And while looking at information for this episode, I found a couple of um, discoveries that they have made in the Middle East or the Near East. Um, and one archaeologist actually wanted to make it clear that Archaeology does not necessarily prove or disprove the Bible, but the, archaeologi the archaeological finds that they have had um, have all matched up with the Bible. And he said that in and of itself is very important, but make sure you're not using the archaeology only to base your... Um, trust in the Bible. Um, and I think it's important, though, uh, for, for me personally, to understand that there is that basis in history, that the Bible is historically accurate, um, because it does add a layer of trust for me. So like Jason just said, 
um, knowing that that history is correct confirms those stories of the Bible and just helps me understand that that those actually happened as well. Right. I mean, the reason that we're including this, I know that the title of the episode is Proving the Bible, but the reason behind including the historicity of the Bible is so that as you're reading through these stories, we actually do have the evidence that these people lived, that these people did uh, exist and do a lot of the things that we're told they did. So when the Bible decides that they're going to kind of delve more into the emotional aspect of it, more into any mourning or joy or any feelings that these people might have had, you can find an element of trust in there because we do have the corroboration that these people really did exist, that these aren't just simply made-up stories. Yeah, and, and that's a big, big deal. And I think it also makes the Bible just more interesting in some ways, too. I mean, you can look at some of these archaeological finds and understand that people's lives were really deep. Um, we understand that it's a little bit less of what you may read um, and more of kind of real life. Um, and that's what we're kind of trying to do with those context and meaning episodes is we're trying to bring as much as we can in so that you understand both the con context um, like what you may understand from understanding the time period but then also make sure we understand exactly what the Bible is trying to tell us by telling these stories. Right, and speaking of the stories, actually the next fact that I want to go into is the book itself and discussing its writing and its authors. And the Bible was written over roughly 1,500 years by roughly 40 different authors. And yet what's interesting is it has at least 63,779 cross-references. The Bible itself is so intertwined that I once heard a speaker call it the first hyperlinked book. And where you're not necessarily going to be able to, at least in book form, click between the passages... What's interesting is there are references discussing the past, which makes sense, New Testament referencing Old Testament, but there are also references going the opposite way. It's, it's incredible, because the prophecies actually do discuss the future, and they reference events from the New Testament, even though the prophecies themselves are in the Old. And yeah. so you'll notice references going both directions, and to have that many, at least 63,779 references is incredible. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think we're going to include one particular link to this, just because if you just look it up, you're able to find that image of those cross-references, and it kind of looks like a little rainbow, or I guess maybe a big rainbow. Um, and... The, each one of those lines just shows those cross-references, so it's amazing. Highly recommend you look it up. I would agree. And the last point that I want to hit, and this these are particularly interesting to me because they force me into a lot of deeper thought, which I really enjoy. The Bible has been at the top of the best-selling book list for many years, and in fact it's been so many that it had to be removed from the list some years ago because no other book was able to claim the title. This is in spite of the Bible being burned, banned, buried, or otherwise removed from many societies over the years. 
and I and I couple that with the fact that the Bible and its message have been constantly discussed. Advocates preach its message, sure, and that's something that we come to expect, but even those who oppose the Bible are actually unable to leave it alone. Regardless of which side you fall on, the Bible continues to be present in thoughts and discussions. And there are no earthly explanations for this. As far as I know, there's no other book and no other message that is so consistently incapable of being ignored, regardless of whether it's a result of praise or persecution. And so, I mean, whether you're arguing for it, arguing against it, it's constantly on our minds, constantly on our tongues. And there, the fact that there is no earthly explanation for this may, in fact, be the explanation and that the explanation lies with God, that God continues to keep his word at the forefront of our minds, regardless of even if we notice it or not. Yeah, I think that's a huge deal. To me, it's also interesting to look at the world religions and see that a lot of the big world religions have Jesus or God, the God of the Bible, or um, something related to God's word intertwined within it, their beliefs as well. Um, so to me, that's just, once again, a, a reconfirmation of the fact that God has his word on our minds all the time. Yeah, I agree. Do you have uh, any other thoughts on this? No, I think I'm good. Then that wraps it up for today. Next week, we're actually going to do something similar to what we did with uh, communion and baptism, and we're going to discuss the church calendar in Lent and Advent. Lent being what we're in now, and Advent being the time before Christmas. Yeah, so I'm super excited for that. Um, if you've got any questions going into that or coming out of this episode or just any comments or anything like that, we'd be happy to hear from you. So shoot us a message at the Bible Vault Podcast on Instagram. Thank you for joining us today on the Bible Vault. God bless and we'll see.